This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Well, last week, members of the Aotearoa Queer community met to discuss and vote on a planned site for Aotearoa's most unique and ambitious rainbow crossing. The vote was unanimous and exciting. Here to tell us more is Dudley Benson. Uh, Morena Dudley, good to have you with us. Kia ora, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Tell us where the uh, origins of this project lay. One day, maybe a year and a half ago, I suppose, I, it just occurred to me, maybe out of the blue, that in our city, as beautiful and as progressive as it is, there are no obvious visual representations of our LGBTQIA plus community. And it seems um, a bit of a travesty, really. In other cities around Aotearoa, that's not the case. Wellington has a rainbow crossing. Auckland has several. Um, And around the world, there are hundreds. So when when it occurred to me that we're lacking something like that, um, the, the next step was thinking about what we could what we could have as a visual representation and a rainbow crossing is something that brings a lot of joy visual beauty um, to a city and I mentioned it to a councillor Steve Walker and he thought that it was a fantastic idea and encouraged me to um, go ahead with with this idea and uh, that really was the starting point who have you drawn in around you to think this project through well, the first step really was drawing the community in around the the idea of the project. And I did that uh, last year by, first of all, hosting a petition at WUF, which is the bar I'm a co-director of. Um, and then other businesses started to request hosting uh, copies of the petition. Uh, also organisations, including the Otago Museum, um, and eventually there were about 32 businesses and organisations hosting petitions. We had a month to gain signatures and we got, I think, about 3,500 physical signatures of not just people in the rainbow community, but their allies, their families, their friends, their colleagues also signing up and wanting this in our city. So that was the first step, getting the community on board. We then did an online petition and got an extra 2,500 uh, signatures. Um, and eventually um, I was able to present that to Dunedin City Councillors and they voted um, 13 out of 14 in in support of us moving ahead with the stage that we're at now which is a research and um, site choosing um, stage. We had seen um, discussions about potential sites um, over over the last year or so, and uh, but at no stage has there been up to this point any definitive answer to that. No. So the first site that I'd proposed was the intersection um, at uh, lower at the corner of Lower uh, Stewart Street and Moray Place. Um, that to me seemed um, like a great spot because there's hospitality around there. There are queer-run businesses around there. The energy feels really good. It's a very social part of town. But uh, as council investigated um, that site, it soon became clear that there were limitations to it. Um, we need to be really careful about safety of people crossing. 
Uh, we need to make sure that buses aren't going over it and therefore wearing it down, uh, the paint, the artwork. There's all these little things to think about. Um, so that site wasn't going to work. And at that point, that was when I got Dr. Glenn Hazelton on board. Um, Dr. Hazelton is the person leading the George Street uh, redevelopments. He has a wealth of experience in urban planning and city design. Uh, so I have him and two artists now, Madison Kelly and Daniel Blackball, both from very different backgrounds and both who have really different skills. The four of us now are the team behind this. And um, we presented to our community, as you mentioned, um, last week. Tell us about how that conversation went. So we pre- we presented four options to members of the queer community. Uh, there was my preferred site, uh, which is in the same area, but not a crossing. It's actually a street. We would have the entire... Um, Lower Stewart Street, from the bottom of the octagon, running right down to that intersection at um, Moray Place. That's that was what I had hoped the community would support. We presented that um, because I think you let's go big with this. Yeah. <laughs> um, we also offered um, uh, a stretch, the stretch from Princess Street night and day at the octagon to um, that first intersection at Prince's and Moray. Uh, a pedestrian crossing outside Knox Church on George Street, and then two kind of combined crossings in the university area. Interestingly, there was a representative of the university um, student support team at our HUI, and they said that students at the university feel really safe. Queer students at the university feel really safe and represented well visually within campus. And what they would prefer is something in the CBD where they don't feel so safe and they don't feel so um, represented. So yes, so 30 people voted and every vote was for the Lower Stewart Street street. So Jeff, we don't have a rainbow crossing project anymore. We have a rainbow street project. How exciting. Um, <laughs> can you point to any other examples of going big that way? Or is this, would this be a first? Certainly around the world, there are large rainbow crossings that, that cover quite um, an expansive area. But... Again, we would be doing this really differently. And that's so important to me because I'm sure listeners will agree, our city is, our city, Dunedin is so special. Um, I was so thrilled to see on the happiness index, we were, we were at 87% approval or, you know, the highest city in New Zealand in terms of wanting to live here. And I think that represents this kind of um, special energy that Otapoti has. And I want to try to encapsulate that special energy and the stories of our queer community with mana whenua and bring those together in our design. So this is not just going to be a rainbow. Around the world, there are large crossings, but they're they're pretty much just rainbows. Sometimes a bit of variation. But in Autoporti, I think the success of this street will be asking 
what is the evolution of the rainbow? As a queer person, I've act- I'm a bit. I feel like it's oversaturated. I've had, I've seen enough rainbows in my time, Jeff. Um, so we are asking as a team, what can, how can we present represent our community visually and beautifully on this street, acknowledging mana whenua, acknowledging what Otapoti is, and acknowledging our queer community. And so going big in this way and. Um, providing an opportunity for the telling of stories. Uh, this necessarily um, increases a budget for a project. Has there been any discussion about where that might come from, how the funds might be raised to do that, or do you believe you have full city backing to make that happen? Well, I think if anyone's thinking about budget and cost, I think the first thing to really consider is how much money do you think you'd be happy to pay to prevent a young rainbow person in our city from suffering mental health issues and suicidality? Because that is the reality for young queer people in Aotearoa. We have statistics, we have data, we have evidence that if you're young and queer in our country, you are going to suffer more mental health issues and that risk of suicidality at a greater rate than non-rainbow people. So that is the situation, and that is why I'm doing this. Is one of the contributing factors to that distress some of the dialogue that happens around even the discussion of this kind of project? No doubt you won't have received universal backing for the concept even up to this point. How has that gone, and how best do we manage that? Mm. Well, yeah, 95% of the people that I've spoken to and have left comments online um, are just so incredibly in support of this. They see the value of injecting well-being into our young queer people. We want to make this city a place for young queer people to stay and to live in and to feel safe in. We all deserve that in our city, but Dunedin has... Dunedin queer people experience homophobia and transphobia. I've experienced it. I, my friends experience it. It's it's real and, and it happens and it's not good enough. So I guess this is, I cycle back a bit to the to anyone who's thinking about cost. I would just say if, if our city was happy to pay for that monument of a stadium, we can afford to do a rainbow street that mean that's going to mean so much more to some people than that stadium ever will. And there may be people also, I've seen this argument of, well, I just want my roads fixed. I just want the potholes fixed. <laughs> I just want a car park. Well, look, fair enough, that's a, a really legitimate concern to have, but this is from an entirely different budget. That by having a rainbow street, we're not then not having our roads fixed, not having car parks. This is from a, this would come from an existing budget that's already been put aside for the um, redevelopment of that area. And so where to from here, Dudley? Um, the conversation that happened last week generated universal support um, from the group that was there. How now is that represented and taken forward? So we have that mandate for the site now, which is wonderful. Madison and Daniel, um, our artists, can now start planning, 
which is very exciting. Um, that strip uh, of Lower Stewart Street is, uh, people will perhaps shudder to hear this, but there are pipes under there that I think need to be replaced. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like every road has a pipe that needs to be yes. replaced in the CBD right now. Um, that strip is no exception. So for the next year, we can't physically get on there and, and do it. Um, that's gonna ha- All that construction is going to have to happen first. But what's really exciting is that as part of that construction, there'll be a higher level of pedestrianisation on that strip. And uh, we now know what that is going to be. We know what the placement is, what the logistics are, what the parameters are, and our designers can now start working. But um, we also need support from the council so that is my next hurdle and the next hurdle for our community. There is now a new council. Um, as I mentioned earlier, um, we had 13 of 14 councillors previously support this, but we're going to need a majority again under this new council for us to really get the paint on the ground. And indications are that we can expect that council to to be listening closely to the business community as well. Um, what is your sense of their role in that particular area of our city in terms of the, this project and being part of it? Mm. Well, one great thing that happened um, during the um, initial exploration for that intersection idea that I mentioned earlier, the um, intersection at Lower Moray, uh, sorry, Moray Place and Lower Stewart, though the crossing couldn't happen there, one thing that the council did do was to talk to all the businesses in that area. And there was only one business that didn't want the crossing. Um, their attitude was, well, if there's going to be a crossing for queer people, we should also have a crossing for nurses and police people. To which I say, yes, I agree completely. If, if that person wants to initiate a crossing for a cause they believe in, I fully support them. But that doesn't mean that we can't have one for the rainbow community. That business has now gone. So what that has meant is that all the businesses in this area we know want this street. Well, that sounds positive. Are you, are you feeling <laughs> Are you feeling positive about this, Dudley? Oh, I'm feeling so positive about it, Jeff. Yep. Oh, well, that's exciting. Um, and so while we might not see uh, any shovels on the ground for some time yet, there will be continued work on potential design and so forth. Uh, will Do you expect that that would be part of a community consultation process or uh, is a group uh, has been in, fully entrusted with, with coming up with those models? There's, uh, look, consultation is really important to us. The rainbow community is diverse and we all have different experiences. Uh, so we're going to be wanting to understand uh, what needs to be seen in this design. As I mentioned earlier too, we um, acknowledge Mana Whenua and the fact that, that we're creating this on um, their whenua and bringing indigenous design into the, into the street is really important to us. And that's why we have um, Madison Kelly uh, on the team and she'll be, she'll be bringing her experience uh, as a kaita who has kati mamwe artist into into that design. So those are the next steps. Um, we know where we are now. Um, 
we are going to be moving into consultation and in 18 months time I really hope that the street that we bring will add mana and beauty and strength to our CBD and make Otapoti a safer uh, city to live in for our queer people and a city that they can be proud of. Dudley Benson, we shall be watching with great interest. Thanks so much for taking some time to join us here on ORFM to talk about the opportunity to acknowledge Dunedin's rainbow community with not only a rainbow crossing, but indeed a rainbow street now. <laughs> we'll talk again, no doubt. Thank you, Jeff. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.